What is up, guys? Welcome to the Starting Blank Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Lister, and I have a very special guest with me today. It is the LinkedIn queen. Built an absolute empire on LinkedIn and across really life in general. We have Shay Robottom on. Thank you, Sam. How's it going, Shay? It's great to be here. It's going good. Thank you for coming to my home. Yes, of course. Yes. To start things off, I will ask you one question. Uh Uh-huh. If you were to be a superhero, Mm. you can pick an existing superhero to be Mm. and why, or you could make your own superhero. Which one would it be? Um, okay. I I think I'd probably go the make your own route because I'm not, I I grew up with like, I did not really get into the whole superhero Marvel thing much. So I don't know them all, (laughs) (laughs) but I would say the best superpower is your intuition. And it's actually a superpower that we all have. It's just so few people are tapped into right now because we live in a very um, unconscious time. Most people are unconscious. Mostly everyone is operating at a very low vibration. That's why we have so much addiction, illness, obesity, etc. Um, if you can actually work to heal, which I, I do talk about a lot in my content as well, if you can work to heal, um, you'll slowly realize that once you get rid of more and more of your insecurities, your baggage, your resentment, whatever you're hanging on to, you actually have a way better sense of what's good for you. And that's a process I'm going through right now is really learning to trust my gut and my intuition um, because as a child that was like destroyed. It was like, I, I learned not to trust my gut and that just sent me down a path of absolutely walking into situations in which I got disrespected and, and victimized over and over again. So now going through all this healing work I'm doing and learning to trust my intuition, it's like, wow, it really is a superpower. It is a superpower. And I've been meeting these healers down here in South Florida who, you know, <clears throat> all, all sorts of different healing modalities. But the, the one thing that they all have in common, regardless of what their healing practice is, is they're all so conscious. You know, they can all walk in a room and almost it's like they can read everyone's mind. I even had a woman like tell me like, oh, you have liver problems, don't you? Just from like looking at me. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but like it's, it's true. And yes, I have struggled with my liver. So it's, um, to me, the coolest thing that you could ever do is be well, a psychic, I guess you could say, but using it for good and being able to, you know, predict um, the issues in the world, being able to look at someone and, and know exactly what they need most to heal right now and become a better person and essentially heal the world through uh, this psychic power and intuition. That's a profound thing to say and the best answer I've ever gotten with, <laughs> really? that, with that question. I okay, think. okay, good, um, thanks. We, we'll go into your backstory eventually, yeah. but like, that's not a super typical answer of, mm. hey, what, what would be your superhero? Mm-hmm. Was there any like defining moment in your life that you like flipped a switch of like, I mm. really need to focus on myself and like focus on my self-development to yeah. get you to where mm. you are right now with? Um, yes, yeah. I, I, I think when I moved to Miami in March, yeah. So not that long ago was like, I would say, I was always working on myself. I mean, like I've been in talk therapy and stuff for years. It was just... It was a very slow progression. When I, um, you know, sold my shares up in Margle and moved down to South Florida, that is when like thing Pandora's box really opened for me because I had moved away from my hometown for the first time. I had just made all this money and it was like, okay, I, I met my goals. I made money. I'm accomplished. Why am I still not happy? So that was really the breaking point for me was moving to Miami. And that's when I started to do a lot more digging into my childhood, into like, why am I still so insecure? Why am I messed up? There's no reason I shouldn't be like, confident and like loving on myself right now right like I'm, I'm doing I'm checking all the boxes right and uh it just wasn't there so I went in and since moving to South Florida um still had a lot of business success super super blessed with the, the new direction that my new company's taken but 
it's really been a lot about healing down here and like meeting healers and like trying new things and learning myself so that's that's awesome yeah. to, to take a step back um into the not super personal stuff mm -hmm. who are you and what do you do like yeah absolutely let's, let's go into that for a yes little, yes give so the viewers a little backstory yes i am a digital marketer so i first got into entrepreneurship when i was uh 23. um i started uh editing viral videos for facebook pages large pages on facebook so anywhere from like you know one million to over 40 million likes on facebook like that range of page size so big pages um they taught me everything I know about content online, truly. I mean, I've learned a lot since, but like that was the beginning for me. I just soaked it up like a sponge because at the time, all of these blog owners, you know, they knew how to grow a following, they knew how to monetize it, they were brilliant. But once video hit the scene, they were kind of left scratching their heads. So that's where Luke and I, my ex, we came in and we basically just filled this need in the market at the time for safe, licensed video content and got to soak up all of their knowledge about what gets attention online because we didn't necessarily know any of that. I mean, Luke had a little bit of marketing. I knew nothing. And through all these blog owners, we were just able to soak it up like a sponge and apply it to video content. And then I edited and distributed. I, I edited. I mean, I, that's how I started. I, I started out as an editor, so I was doing the work. Um, but then, yeah, once we scaled, uh, I, I want to say at our, at our peak time, Margo was distributing over 2,000 social media videos a month on Facebook and amassing over a billion views a month cumulatively for our clients. So people see me, if you see me on LinkedIn, and that's what I do now, I've uh, since pivoted from the Facebook world and I teach business owners and uh, executives how to create a content video content strategy to attract their target market on LinkedIn. But a lot of people on LinkedIn uh, that see me and see the success I've had there with the videos and, and growing a following, they might not know this about me that like, yo, I actually have like a really unique backstory in video licensing and a really unique um, experience on social media that f just very few people have. I mean, you know, even to this day, so they don't teach this in film school, like so few people and so few companies still understand how to create video content for social media and the pacing and the headlines and how it's got to look. And I mean, it really is a science that's just not so taught in the mainstream yet. So I'm very, very fortunate that I met those blog owners uh, a few years back when I did and soaked up all that knowledge because now I have my own marketing company and I help businesses on LinkedIn. Yeah, so people see like the Shea Robottom brand and they're mm -hmm. like, wow, that is like amazing. I will never be at that level. But to like go back to when you were like first starting, even like when you're mm. starting video editing. Cause oh I know gosh. I know you dropped out of college, correct? Yeah, yeah, twice. <laughs> twice. So you dropped out of college twice. Care to share why and that? Um, that I was I was going for my parents. Like yeah. I was definitely just like going for my parents. I never wanted to go. Um, at first, they kind of accepted me not going, and then uh, you know I was kind of getting into some bad stuff. So then they you know they kind of forced my hand. Like college will help her. Oh yeah, send her to <laughs> UW Madison where everyone's alcoholic. <laughs> That'll fix it. <laughs> Did not fix it. Um, just racked up a couple you know, bullshit liberal arts credit, got some debt, and then was like, I gotta get out of here. So I actually, I dropped out of Madison and moved back to Milwaukee and just started like waitressing and kind of living my life. But then I was like, okay, I do need to do something. Like, what am I gonna do? I had really been suppressing my dreams of being a musician because my family never supported that. So again, I was like defaulting to like, what do my parents want me to do? What does my family accept me for? Um, but it was really becoming apparent, like, I gotta do music. Like, I just gotta, like, it's like, it's in me. I wanna perform, I wanna create. Um, so I went back to school. I went to UW-Milwaukee for just a little bit. I wanna say like one semester for music. Again, realized it was pointless and, and dropped out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
Is that your question? Yeah. Yeah. It's about college. Yeah. So. Essentially. Um, so from from dropping out in music, you test music a little bit. Yeah. From that, getting into video editing, mm-hmm. kind of what was like the process and like what was going through your mind? Like, did you ever want to start your own mm-hmm. media company? Like, oh, I want to be this huge public figure on no. social media. It's like, mm-hmm. obviously you are editing, editing these videos for right. blog pages. What was kind of your intention with that? Yeah, yeah. So there, yeah, that's a great question. There is kind of a story there. Like, so from the time I dropped out of music school, the second time now back in Milwaukee, I was doing music still like I it was it was kind of like I went to college for music but it started getting like gigs and stuff on my own that I kind of realized like college is pointless here so I dropped out but I was doing it and that was age 20 which you are oh it's so mad I'm so mad that is gosh you're so ahead of me um so I was 20 until I was 23 I invested in the music thing really hard um and again you know for where I was coming from and not having like support um, I actually did okay. I mean, like, I got some shows. I performed at House of Blues. I opened for Tech Nine one time, which was, like, really ratchet and awesome. Um, and so I was doing it, but after, like, three years, I realized I, I wasn't growing enough. Mm-hmm. It was like I didn't really know the social media thing. I wasn't getting attention online. I wasn't making a lot of money. Like, I was still waitressing to, to supplement my music. So that is when I hit a breaking point and decided – I gotta do something different or I'm just gonna be that like 35 year old girl who never made it, you know? So I was like, um, and that was around the time I met our first client who needed video content for Facebook. And I knew that this client, he was also very young, he was my age, and I knew that he was a millionaire from this Facebook page that he had created and figured out how to monetize. So I, once I figured out there was kids my age on Facebook, millionaires off of blogs and like doing it from home in their underwear smoking pot and shit i was like whoa like i want into that yeah like i i am doing something wrong here like like something is out of whack but it was so hard for me because like artists were so ego we're so in our ego it's like oh i'm if i give up on my dreams i give up on everything like i'm a sellout i think like that's that's even a a whole nother conversation to have like oh my gets in the way of so, I truly so I truly think it's like the best decision I ever made to quit music and learn marketing and take advantage of this job that these blog owners were giving me at the time because um it, it really it made me way well-rounded you know like you see me on LinkedIn now I'm like pragmatic I'm very logical I understand marketing I understand business there was none of that there was I was just like a shell but I was super artistic so I had like all oh. this artistic energy and I was super good at creating, but I was super naive and I had no business acumen. I was like way too right brain, mm-hmm. way too right brain, which is funny because a lot of people see me now. They're like, whoa, she's like super logical. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that was yeah. not always the case. So I'm really glad I decided to pivot. I said, screw this music thing. I'm just going to put it on the back burner. Like, let me, let, let me just give this like a year, you know, yeah. let's just try something else. And I learned how to edit videos, which was really cool. I love editing. And um, yeah, I basically just got to learn how uh, social media works, but but I was not making a lot of money when I did that at all. I mean, mm-hmm. we could talk about the struggle of uh, the learning curve of video and social media and how I did have to get through that, and that was quite the challenge. But it's also the um, classic experience of just becoming an entrepreneur and making dirt for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in the beginning doing the math, and I was I was working a lot. Like I was working like 12, 13, sometimes 14 hour days editing these videos. I was still kind of slow at editing because I was learning. And I did the math one time, and this is way in the beginning, like probably my first six months in business. And I was making $6 an hour. 
So like, just, yeah, just to give an example, like you do kind of have to go through that eat shit phase. I didn't go out. I literally didn't even go outside for an entire summer in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, the one season where it's nice out, I didn't go outside. I was just like a hermit in my, like my friends were like, you know, cause I had just gotten out of the music scene. I knew a lot of like promoters, club owners. It was like, come party. There was all these temptations. It was like, I really gotta leave that life behind. You know, I really gotta leave that life behind. So it wasn't just giving up my music and my original dream, but it was also like giving up the drinking and the kind of like young millennial lifestyle, which you can kind of like ride until like late twenties before people are like, okay, come on, Craig, <laughs> get your shit together, Craig. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I gotta break out of this. I don't just want to be one of these people that is um, 30 or 35, 40, 45, and like, shit, I didn't go for it. I didn't do it. So I'm, I'm really glad that I made that decision. And now with the advent of LinkedIn in my new business, I get to basically fuse my entertainment background. And, you know, I've, I've really kind of always had confidence on camera already, but I get to fuse that with my ability to understand what's valuable online and what's going to get attention and what's going to provide value to people. Mm -hmm. So there's two two parts I want to talk about. One is the like being young and being in a circumstance where it's like yes you are going go, going out drinking partying with friends. Yes, like, I'm in a very similar position as normal quote unquote normal twenty year olds are in college uh -huh. going to parties and living that life. It's like you that's are absolutely not. You, oh, you're not. Ab I, I, you don't do that. No, like, I, <laughs> I I absolutely don't do that. Yeah. But a lot of like yeah. my old friends oh, definitely. are definitely in that position. The show. So yeah. like. Mm -hmm. I guess, could you talk about, hey, what are, like, struggles? Like, you, obviously, like, there's a path that everyone takes, which is yeah, that hey, right. I'm going to the nightclubs, I'm going to the bars, yeah. I'm going to all of these things. What, like, what flipped in your switch, like, flipped in your mind that's like, oh, I'm going to go this route, but I, uh, I'm i confident enough that I, I can leave this other life behind because, for me, I've, I've battled that, like, fear of missing out of being a quote-unquote normal oh, going to you normal just the, like and, 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 you, and you know what though honestly i do yeah. honestly i do especially like, like don't get me hell don't, don't don't get me wrong like, <laughs> ev everything i said stands and i don't regret it yeah but i will say looking back at the past four years of entrepreneurship i went way too hard i went way too hard mm. like i should have gone out i should have tried a music festival once in a while you know because i do i do kind of feel like i'm in my late 20s now and it's like whoa like my the 20s is like you know so there is a little bit of fomo but definitely way more on the side of like no i fucking hustled and i'm glad that yeah. i did it like but no like now i'm much more moves, moving into a balanced phase of my life where i'm working but not i'm not killing myself like yeah. i used to like i'm not like doing these insane like you know <clears throat> always thinking about the competition it's like just live i'm I'm in Miami now, I have friends, you know, so I go to the beach, so I go out a little more. But I will say that what influenced me to originally make that decision, like you asked, like how did you, what made you give up like the partying lifestyle, and especially in Wisconsin, oh my God. <laughs> um, it really had a lot to do with my parents because like they were just clearly alcoholics and mm -hmm. I didn't want to end up like them and my, and my like a lot of members of my family. Um, so I started to realize like, shoot, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be just like them unless I really take a different path. So for me, it was not just getting out of that lifestyle and getting into entrepreneurship to learn a new trade. It was actually like straight up, like training myself to not become an alcoholic, yeah. like going dry for like six months at a time and just not keeping booze in the house. I know it sounds like, like heavy for like a 22, 23 year old to be thinking about it, but I thought about it because yeah. I looked at my parents, I looked at how, messed up everyone in my family was and I was like dude not me not me I'm not gonna let this alcohol control my life and it's really easy to do when you're just 
partying with friends every weekend. So it's like an excuse, like, like, no, Sarah, you're an alcoholic. Like, you know what I mean? But, but it's true. Like our culture just embraces it. And it's really not until you're in your late twenties, thirties, forties, where people start to say like, okay, now come on, Chris, like you clearly have an issue with alcohol. The, the whole college scene has an issue with alcohol. Yeah. I mean, the only reason we binge drink to the degree that we do at that age is because of how wounded we really are deep down. Yeah. And we just write it off. It's like, oh, it's normal. You're young. You're partying. It's like, this is a disease. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I do love to party. I love going out once in a while, having a good time being social. But um, it's to another extreme, and especially in the state of Wisconsin and especially in my family. So I had to call that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked how you brought up, like, people and not everyone like some people just drink to have a good time yes, but like yeah. a lot of people drink to mask to escape escape and yeah. like their own insecurities so i think mm-hmm. one of the biggest struggles like today with with younger generations and really everyone is like being okay and being present with those insecurities yes and, like, being okay with those emotions and that's something i've like suppressed like essentially all of my life until like yeah a few months ago even like mm. until i like really dug deep into like who am I and like how do I actually feel about myself and like I've I've never really like struggled with like self-esteem too much like Mm -hmm. I've I've always been confident and I've always been able to talk to others but like Mm -hmm. it's always been like putting on these masks of like oh I can can fit into any single group I can just because it's like I I can do that I'm I'm nice I can right talk to people but it's like and I and I love what you say about the mask yeah because it is not like like before I became more conscious, I would definitely have like told anyone like I have a healthy self-esteem. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. But there's like a there's a, I learned later there's a huge difference between confidence and self-esteem. Yeah. Like I have confidence. I'm still working on my self-esteem. You yeah. know, like I can show up, I can be loud, I can be fierce, but like um to really recognize deep deep down am I really secure? And I had to take a good hard look at myself because I even though I'm confident, I'm like this assertive woman. I kept attracting relationships that were really, really um, disrespectful toward me. I kept letting people into my life that would disrespect me. And even after they disrespect me and I had an option to leave or set a boundary, like I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I started to realize I had this compulsion to just like, just not respect myself, just let people walk all over me. And then I started to get really angry and figure out like, okay, well, what's wrong? And that was the digging I needed to do to figure out, dude, you're actually really insecure, mm-hmm. you know? And it's beautiful that you're figuring that out at age 20. Mm-hmm. Cause I truly don't even think that's kicked in for me until like recent years. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, it's definitely a process. Like, obviously it's not like, Oh, I, I realize this. I can fix it the next day. Exactly. It's, it's such a process. Yeah. And it's, 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 really hard to face because our culture is still it's shifting but it's still really set up in a way that if you do want to face your wounds your shame and get vulnerable and and heal and basically just tell the truth yeah if you want to tell the truth in our culture we're still we're yeah like we're still you can tell the truth not like (laughs) right not the real truth like we're still at a point collectively where the majority of the people like aren't ready to face the truth yeah that's why you have all these ridiculous things happening in government like all these laws we let pass the 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 food system that we just let get poisoned i mean it's all it's like we're not we don't want to see the truth we don't want to wake up we don't want to see what's really going on and that's just like one example of something happening within the government but it's mostly within ourselves we don't want to face the shame we don't want to face nobody wants to face that like they have an issue with alcohol and it's just normalized in our culture that you come home at the end of the day you have a drink you know 
the obesity problem. I mean, like these are all coming from a place of we're very broken and we're so afraid to address it. So we continue to play house. We continue to uh, keep up this facade, curate a bunch of friends who are also good at keeping up the facade so that we feel comfortable and safe. Like, okay, no one's gonna break down my walls. And then we go on and have our own children with this programming, teaching subconsciously, teaching the child also that like you're not good enough and you have to live in this fake world and uh, work for conditional love, yada, yada, yada. So we're essentially just raising generation after generation of broken people disguised as like, no, it's okay. Like Susie's got prom next Thursday. Woo. Like we have all these like bullshit rituals that like make it seem normal because as long as you check off the boxes, you're good, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the data would show that, you know, one in four of our daughters grows up to be on antidepressants and uh, even worse statistics with men when it comes to suicide. Yeah. So, I mean, there's clearly an issue with people being very sick and unhappy and collectively us just not wanting to face it yet yeah. is what's going on. And I think, like, as of recent, obviously, like, insecurities and, like, not being okay with, like, your own insecurities has been around for the test of time. It's not mm. just a social media era thing. Yeah. But I think we see an increase of this with especially younger generations, like oh my, my generation, like Gen Z. It is the absolute worst generation of like wow. suicide of of both guys and girls. But That's it's so sad. It's yeah. because we see like we are the most connected generations mm -hmm. generation ever, but in the same exact breath we're the most disconnected generation yes. with ourselves. Yeah. Because we see so many people flaunt their perfect lives online and like a lot of big I'm not saying it's just the quote unquote big influencers faults it's everyone's fault as a collective because we don't share our insecurities mm -hmm. and real shit on social media right. and I think we're slowly seeing a shift of more people becoming open about yeah. insecurities and talking about mental health specifically men's mental health like that's that's the biggest suicide um, yes. like age group like males from 13 to 23 or something oh yeah like oh yeah there's a real female privilege when it comes to being able to express your emotions mm -hmm. i mean that is one thing that women are not necessarily of course it depends on what home you're raised yeah. in but like just society standards it's way more accepting for women to cry for women yeah. to show emotion that's kind of like the thing and you're right it's created this a complete ass backwards toxic masculinity i mean you go to other countries men do not act like the way men are here in the u.s it is really suppressed men in other countries hug each other mm -hmm. they're close with each other and it's not gay like it's like yeah. it's really sad what we've done yeah. to the men in the united states because we've we've basically taken away their human side said like no you're a man you know work provide don't cry and that's all those are all great masculine qualities yeah. but the point is it's not the only thing mm -hmm. And uh, people are starting to wake up and realize that now. I think your generation is the turning point. Yeah. You know, I used to think mine was. It's like it's really yours mm -hmm. because what is Gen? What is it? Gen, Gen Z. So what? That's what age? That's it's like, like from like right now. It's from like five years old to like twenty-two. Yeah, that makes sense. So this is perfect. So this generation is having the most physical health problems of any children ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got nine-year-olds who are like pre-diabetic getting heart disease. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous what we've done to our food supply. I I'm grateful there was still a little bit of like <laughs> a little bit of like free organic food back in the day when I was growing up, but it's like it's gotten completely out of hand. So I actually do have a lot of respect and admiration for your generation because it's like, well, millennials are the first to kind of be like enough and mm -hmm. start to call out this like bullshit, like narcissistic parenting model that's persisted for mm -hmm. centuries. But your generation is like the proof. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my generation kind of still skated out like 
we played outside. We didn't like totally get hooked on video games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your generation is like the proof that like, you know, these, these kids are, are killing themselves. Like, yeah. like we literally need to do something. Yeah. Like from like killing themselves from like a suicidal standpoint, but then also from like a, how everyone mm. is raised and what we eat and how our lifestyle is just takes right. over us. And obviously that's a pretty vague generalization. But I think like Gen Z, like obviously I'm slightly biased, but I think like Gen, <laughs> Gen Z will absolutely change the world because a lot of Gen Zs have millennial brothers or sisters yes, or yeah. at least friends even. Yes. Um, that like the, what's like our parents, like boomers? Yeah, my, like, my parents, I think are boomers. Yeah, boomers. say like upper 40s to 60s. Yeah, like that's, that's definitely boomer boomers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's all the boomers' fault, um, it but is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm but, just kidding. But we see I have some resentment for that <laughs> generation I'm working through, so. right? But like Gen Z has seen our like older brothers and sisters go through this, even like specifically like the mm. college topic. Like, oh my gosh! Go through college, parents having yeah. them as their essentially first child or first few children, mm -hmm. saying, "Yo, you need to go this route. This is how it's done." Oh my gosh! And then obviously you guys have grown up with essentially social media too. Um, mm -hmm. Like when did like Facebook or MySpace come out? Um, MySpace, sixth grade, that's, what would that be? Like 2000, that was like 2003, three, yeah. four? I don't know, so it was a like, long time ago. You yeah. got, it still wasn't fully adopted. So like if people say like millennials are the first like social media generation, but I'll, I'll make a strong argument of Gen Z is the first I would say true, you are the first true, true social yeah. media generation. I would agree with which, that which I think is a definitely a double-edged sword because we will make the most impact on the world because we, are, we know mm -hmm. how to communicate to people now, but in the same exact breath, what I talked about, the being disconnected mm -hmm. and seeing everyone's perfect lives, yeah. like it's, that definitely battles the yeah. self-esteem and that and does not help. Yeah. Sometimes. You're, no, you're right. And I'm glad you brought that up about the social media, like being, like can be part of the problem, like with, uh, you know, like people just comparing themselves on social media, social media has become like a highlight reel, there's a lot of people on there only flaunting like the good, the, it's just fake. Um, but actually, on the flip side, social media has also connected everyone to the point where we can start to communicate about how messed up we are. Yes. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, if someone posts that they have this one problem, a bunch of people are like, wait, like you, I, I mean, look at my LinkedIn. I get this all the time. People don't always comment because they're shy, but they'll message me like, oh my God, I feel the same way. I thought I was alone. I'm like, so look at how social media is actually healing the yes. world. It's connecting us and showing us all like, you're, you're not alone because you're broken. This is like normal. Mm -hmm. But then it's very ironic because you have this dark side of social media with all the like Instagram booty models and the blow. And I don't have anything against those women. Like if you can make money off your body all day, but it's like, it also is, um, exacerbating the um, comparing of yes. like my life's not as good as yours so there's two parts yeah yeah so as we talk about social media a lot we we talk about there's there's essentially two sides of it there's mm -hmm. the people who kind of fake their lives and they just just post the highlights mm -hmm. but then there's the actual creators that are open and, and vulnerable about mm -hmm. insecurities and real stuff they actually talk about and I think that's one of the reasons why you've grown so quickly on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Like you're kind of a breath of fresh air and like, oh, that person's a human being actually. And they're not just talking about, here's some sales <laughs> advice 24 seven. Yes. So just talk yes. about, talk about your experience growing on LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn, like, man, I mean, well, you know, it, it really changed my life. I mean, I got on there with the intent to get some leads for my last Facebook agency. I was just releasing some videos. Um, about like marketing and about like my industry stuff. But you know, I was really depressed 
back then and in, in general in my life like I've struggled a lot with depression and the beautiful thing about like depression and almost kind of hitting this low breaking point is you start to like not give a fuck like, you just start to like tell it like it is like you, you get really funny that's what happened I started to like get more and more funny uh, making jokes about my pain blah 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 but what really happened and what manifested from that is like I was so fed up that I just started telling the truth on LinkedIn like I just straight up admitted like I have depression and like some days I don't even want to go to work some days I don't even know if I should be doing this business thing like I feel lost and like does anyone have any advice and like whoa that first video I ever did about depression um yeah it was insane it got like like way above average views it was like viral for my page at the time I just felt like oh wow this is really not like this is just this is not like me like bitching or like playing the victim like I thought it might be perceived this is like a real relatable human thing that especially in the business world people are not talking about and and we need to start talking about it um so I of course I still built up the marketing following I want people to know what I do to make money at least right now because it is shifting more toward personal development but I just started to share a lot more of my story start talking about my family life a little bit how I wasn't supported Boy, you get a lot of messages from people who can relate to that. Yeah. You know, it was like, and I realized like, okay, like I get it. There might be a person or two that I'm turning off because I'm not so professional, but the amount of attention that I'm getting and, and the amount of validation from people saying, I feel the same. Thank you for sharing that. You've inspired me to open up about my depression. I mean, like some people like straight up living with depression, haven't even told their wife message me. Like I'm going to talk to my wife about it. I'm like, yeah, dude. Greg like yeah. yeah come on you know so like it's it's been so so beautiful for me to simultaneously get on this platform and do what I always wanted to do which is like entertain people make art you know get attention you know <laughs> I was a little broken but but you know do what I always wanted to do and make more money than I've ever made and simultaneously uh, teach people that it's safe to be vulnerable and more specifically that it's safe to be vulnerable in business and that you can open up and you can share and oh look how liberating it is when you just let it out and oh look how validating it is when you learn other people are the same and you're not so alone so that's really the, the magic mix that I found on LinkedIn um, it's a beautiful platform definitely recommended for anyone b2b b2b marketing um, but it's also just a great place to uh, um, explore your consciousness because there's a really conscious audience on there a lot of really educated smart people and I don't think that I would have grown as quickly in my business or with my following had I not been so open and vulnerable on the platform I think I, I liked how you brought up the tension and mm. your oh me needing attention your yeah. attitude mm -hmm. shifts a little bit because I think people's relationship with attention as a, as a tangible thing mm -hmm. is very similar to money people people think Attention is bad, money is bad, and right. both are both are evil. When right. in reality, like neither are evil. E right. Both have a neutral charge, essentially. Yeah. And I think people people talk about the money conversation all the time, but people don't really talk about this need of attention because I think it's still so polarizing, and mm -hmm. it definitely pulls on both yeah. ends. That there is definitely an unhealthy balance of oh, I need attention all the time, mm -hmm. but then I don't think it's so bad to want attention because the no. more attention you have. The more money you will make, the more change happens, mm -hmm. and like the bigger your your brand gets, and like the bigger your voice gets if you have attention. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it, that's a great analogy, actually. I love what you said about the money and attention. That's so true, and uh, it is it is healthy to get attention. And um, I'm not saying it manifests in the same way for everyone. I happen to be like a very extroverted, outgoing individual. 
but it, it definitely comes from like a, a neglect in childhood where you actually just didn't get the God-given attention that like you should have gotten as a child. Um, so it it manifests in like I want to you know I, I need I need attention I want to be a performer that that's why I wanted to be a performer I didn't figure it out until like years later actually LinkedIn helped a lot to help me face like who I really was and what I was trying to do with this music thing and this like why do I need to be famous it was absolutely coming from a place of significance feeling like um, I need I need to be significant and the best way to do that is like fame and money and blah um, so the beautiful thing is. <laughs> through actually growing the following, finally getting all the attention I'd always wanted my whole life, it's actually the same time period of my life that I started to heal, learn about my childhood, figure out what was wrong with me, and now I'm really like kinda, I mean, I obviously I don't wanna lose my following, it helps with my business, but you know, it's really to the point where I feel like I could not get attention for months and be fine. Yeah. So it's really, it's really interesting. But yes, you gotta get attention online. It's, I mean, you just got to. If, if you're on social media, to promote your product, business, service, personal brand, whatever, and you think attention's bad, you're gonna have a lot of, you know, like cognitive dissonance, you're gonna struggle a lot, so. But I do think that me being so insecure, and I talk about this sometimes, I'm very open, I do think me being so insecure um, also had a, had a role in why I grew so quick, because I, I maybe, like, was just that much more motivated that next day that I didn't really feel like shooting a video than the average Joe Schmo versus me when I get in that place. Like, I don't really feel like it. Oh, attention, you know? Yeah. And it was, like, it was like a drug. So I kept staying consistent. And um, yeah, I won't lie. That, that definitely there's a part in there that came from me wanting to feel significant. Yeah. That's, Which I do now. Yes, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You are. That's, <laughs> He's like, you are, Shay. <laughs> Chill out. Um, that's a very profound thing to say, and I like I appreciate you being open about that yeah, because it's yeah. it's people like you and it's influencers like you that have a platform that essentially start the conversation and build mm. the environment of being open about these things, being open about self development and mental health and insecurities, and like having that conversation not be so stigmatized is yes. super super important. And I think we're getting there. We're definitely making mm -hmm. slow baby steps. But I think once the like critical mass hits of like, yes. yo, social media is essentially just an extension of us. Like this is just our lives and we don't need to fake online. Then we can really start seeing change throughout all of the sectors of life. Yes. I love what you said. Like then we don't need to fake online. Mm -hmm. It's that's exactly what it is, Sam, because like the world is fake. Our culture and our society has been so fake for so long that when social media became a thing of course social media was going to be fake yeah it's just a reflection of how we really are thank god for social media showing us how fake we are yeah you know it's really an it exposes us yeah it's really an epidemic of shame there's like so much mass shame that we've not faced in ourselves and that's why we have such a shameful society like you're doing shame you know we we're constantly pointing the finger and shaming everyone so they keep quiet about their vulnerabilities but the reality is it's like you feel shame that's yeah. why you're shaming everyone else. You feel shame. And then, and then it's almost like when someone's not shaming people with you, then they get shamed. Like, wait a minute, you're not helping us to shame yep. and keep up this facade. So wait a minute. So I'm really looking forward to this whole, you know, like Brene Brown, vulnerability is strength movement and everything. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, it is changing social media. Now we can use social media, the power and the force that is social media for good to actually heal the world. Absolutely. I love that, and I know we could talk about this topic yes, for at least 10, 12 hours I think straight. we could leave it there. That was a good, that we, was a good We ending. definitely can. Yeah. Um, with, with all of this being said, what would you like 
to leave the audience with whether that's a question whether that's a task to do mm-hmm. and that can be on social media that can be personal development that can be go meditate for 15 minutes after yeah. this whatever you want yeah you know i'm just gonna leave them with the same thing that gary always says gary v uh you're gonna die you're gonna die um don't allow yourself to get to the point of self-harm and depression like i did where you literally are in the place of feeling like I'm gonna die to suddenly realize you have control in your life and you can turn it around um, because that is a breaking point that I'm personally happy I hit because it forced me to kind of be <clears throat> shit fearless because I was like, well, I'm gonna die anyway, so I might as well go crazy. One, la- one last shot here, you know? <laughs> but really, if you can start to look at life as like every single person in your life and everyone that you even know is gonna be in the ground in a hundred years, that thing that you're putting off because of fear becomes a lot less scary. That's amazing. Where can people find you? Um, yes, well definitely follow me on LinkedIn. That's my primary platform. So it's linkedin.com slash in slash Shayrobottom. I also have a website if you'd like to learn more about my marketing services and what I provide for business owners on LinkedIn. That's just shayrobottom.com. You can check out the site. Uh, there's a form there to fill out to set up a call as well. So Awesome. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the platform on the podcast. Again, this is the Starting Blank Podcast with Shay Robottom. I'm your host, Sam Lister, and I will see you guys on the next episode. 31 podcasts in 31 days, so stay tuned. A lot of content coming your way.